Thank you, dear friend Omar Crook, for all the listeners that are here today. And thank you for welcoming me. I'm uh, Vittorio Grigolo, and I'm here part of uh, Living with the Genius. Thank you. Howdy, folks. Welcome to Living with a Genius. I'm your host, Omar Crook. As you've already heard, I have uh, Vittorio Grigolo on my show today. He uh, is maybe the most famous Italian tenor living, heir apparent to Pavarotti. And, um, you know, he's enigmatic. He's uh, complicated. He has very particular opinions about uh, the art form and his place in it. He's also very candid uh, and was very welcoming to me. I've, I've uh, worked with him. This is my third time working with him at LA Opera. Uh, first time was at Romeo and Juliet. We, we sat around backstage and talked a lot about his uh, interest in remote control airplanes and helicopters, which he's still, uh, he's still at. He's a man of many hobbies and interests, which you'll hear about in this interview. Then we met at the Hollywood Bowl and we took a selfie together, which I got to show him again. Uh, a couple days ago when, when I did this interview and that, that you know it brought back nice memories and we had a nice time and uh, we had a, a bit of a short chat he was pretty you know he's pretty tired he spends a lot of energy on stage if any of you out there have seen him uh, perform you know exactly what I'm talking about so we kept it a little short but then we ended up hanging out and looking at the view and playing with his camera and having a nice chat uh, before I left for the rest of my day so you know He's, uh, he, like I said, he's a complicated guy. And uh, frankly, I was just really thrilled to sit down and chat with him for the podcast. He's a, a real professional. He, he, you know, he said he wanted to do it uh, when we met during the dress uh, rehearsal period and the, the rehearsal period. And it took a little time. You know, his schedule is busy. My schedule, no, you know what? His schedule is busy. And um, we had to rearrange a couple times, but... I knew that he would do it because he said he would and he was interested and and he really was he's uh he's a real pro and i really appreciate that about about vittorio um it's a real interesting conversation we talk about a lot of things and uh, i'm not going to say too much about it it's a short interview you've got no excuse put it on in your car have a listen i hope you enjoy it happy monday everybody here's vittorio thanks for having me over to your your beautiful apartment Ma, uh, thank you for having me, and uh, in this show, Ma. Of course, certainly, certainly. Most of all, uh, thinking that I'm a genius. So <laughs> the show is called Talking with Genius. Well, no? I'll tell so you, I I've, know about uh, that. But... I've performed with you three times now, and every uh, time I think, boy, that guy's a genius. I need to have him on the show. <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me. Of course, I wanted to. Um, first of all, while it's fresh in my mind, I know the other night. Uh, when we were performing Hoffman, you made your entrance and it was dark uh, and the lights weren't working properly. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. What, I do. what, what, uh, what is that? How do you deal with that? I mean, was it a, it seemed like you, you, you like, you like that kind of thing. Yeah. I do like impro improvisation. <laughs> I, I do too. I'm always, uh, I'm always uh, on and uh, I love when it's something, there is something that is changing around us. So, I think that this only brings some uh, new energy and uh, something that will uh, will uh, will lead uh, into a different uh, situation. You know, uh, a path. It's made by by freedom, uh, 
and the possibility to choose no what we want but uh, when uh, the path is under control so it's not us to choose what's going on and uh, maybe it's a light that is not working well or something that on stage is not going the right way yeah it's just we need to embrace it and uh and of course this uh changing around us will exponentially change also the performance yeah so, I, but uh actually i think that actually that night changed in a good way i feel that way too uh when i used to sing uh outside of the chorus before i went into the chorus i always looked forward to uh to things like that and i think we have a similarity that way i know a lot of singers that don't like any surprises you know and uh since i've seen you perform and been on stage with you but I, you understand that i am a man of surprises <laughs> I try to to change everything every time. Yeah, try to make it happening and at least uh, new and uh, and uh, something like uh, you always want to show the people that you you know the, the energy is always ongoing. I mean, yeah. you need to find the new new sources. And it becomes know? very authentic that way. Yeah, uh, the way that we live life just generally, you know, you, there's always surprises, and to to see that on stage, it gives you even more of a little bit of real life. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Actually, we are always traveling, so I don't know if the people are listening knows um, what kind of life we have, but uh, traveling all the time, and uh, at the end, it looks like the real life it becomes when you go on stage. So. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask so you. You know, basically, since I've seen you and been on stage with you so much, I. Uh, I'm always really um, impressed by your level of energy and your level of commitment and the way that you seem to throw caution to the wind, even vocally. Uh, but I've never heard you uh, struggle. So I feel like it's uh, like the way that you throw yourself into your voice um, has some measure of control, but it's disguised by this, cra this crazed person on stage, which is so mesmerizing to watch. My, you know, it's, uh, it's not true that uh, when uh, we give uh, everything, uh, I heard this uh, a lot of times since I was uh, studying and then later on when I started my career, people were saying, oh, you give always too much, you give always too much. But actually, I think uh, the fact that I uh, actually didn't restrain myself and I always try to give the, the maximum I had uh, for that evening, that night, that day, because we are human beings, we never have... 100% of the energy sometimes we we failing somewhere but uh, mm -hmm. when we try to give always our best uh, at least if uh, it's going to be my last show uh, I won't I won't regret that I didn't try to to give my best mm -hmm. and uh, since I started the people would say oh this guy's going to last 2 years he's giving too much and uh, but of course uh, I had to say that the technique and the study that I did before were a great support and the fundamental I work on with my teacher, mm -hmm. the base Danilo Rigosa. This is this back uh, in Rome? He's based uh, near, uh, near um, no, no, back in Rome was the 16 Chapel Choir. Mm -hmm. And all the, uh, the a cappella, all the chorus uh, that I did uh, works. Did you I sing did. as a soprano as a boy? As a contralto, mm -hmm. as a contralto, and um, nothing. My teacher, uh, that is uh, after when I started my operatic career, is still uh, the same as Danilo Rigosa. He's living in the in the north of uh, of Italy. Mm -hmm. he also, uh, when I was a kid, he also 
punched me. So <laughs> it was a really hard uh, core uh, <laughs> teacher. But uh, he Are destroyed. You serious? No, really? yeah, but he, he destroyed me completely. He destroyed my beliefs. Uh, I bring a bag full of uh, CDs and. Uh, he burned it all. Wait, like, how old uh, were you when this happened? I was 16 and a half. Almost but you had 17. been singing for 10 years up to that point, yeah? I mean, yeah, you I started was already as a boy. Singing, yes, I was singing already uh, since like I was six, seven. Then right. I started entering the choirs. That was nine till 13, then 14. Yeah. Then I stopped a couple of years when the voice was changing. I'd like to get back to the this experience you had with the teacher. But before before I we talk about that, I'd like to ask you how you got into music. Do you, you we were when I arrived here we were talking about your mother back home and is she a musician? Are you is your father no, a musician? No, no, they just love music. Uh, my is a is the usual Italian uh, singer sure. under the shower, you know. Sure, Vapentiero all around the house. Yes, yes, yes. I yes. see. Okay. And your your was your father not involved with music at all? What kind of work did he do? No, no, no. My father was an interior design. I so um, he was working, representing a company first, then he opened his own company of furniture and mm-hmm. designing them and producing them. So it was mm-hmm. nothing to, to do with to music. Do with music. Uh, but, but in the family, there was a great culture of music, love for music. My my grandfather um, was playing, uh, was able to play a lot of instruments like uh, accordion, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that was very popular uh, in the first uh, decades of the century, you know, 1930s, mm-hmm. 40s, 50s. Was, and in Italy, it was easy to find someone that can play accordion sure. and um, piano, of course. And um, so it was very easy to have music at night after. After uh, they were they were a big family, so eight nine uh, children, so it was easy to have uh, wow. after dinner, you know, uh, yeah. a beautiful uh, night of music and uh, yeah. and festivities, you know, all together. Yeah. So that sounds beautiful. Uh, it sounds very American, actually. But, uh, <laughs> it's uh, American know, in the nineteen yeah. twenties, maybe. Yeah, in yeah. The 20s, yes. yeah, yeah, that's great. But so. I. I mean, what I was saying, just to be related to what we were talking mm. before, I mean, I'm still here and I'm still alive. I'm talking to you. So uh, it means that there is a kind of uh, justice or there is a kind of, uh, I think this is a ch- kind of method that works for me, that mm-hmm. uh, keeps me still alive, knocking on wood. And, um, and I think that this is uh, thanks to the technique, but also thanks to um, the need, a real need um, that support uh, the singing when uh, I am on stage uh, mm-hmm. is the need to, um, to communicate, to be in touch with my public, to try to always uh, deliver a message that I'm bringing inside myself. And that's what it is uh, that makes opera so special that mm-hmm. uh, we have no mic, nothing. It just comes through your the bottom of your liver and uh, just uh, it's been spitted out completely. Mm-hmm. So when we when we actually keep something inside of us, the voice is never completely free. So I think that that's uh, when I sometimes when I do master class or I talk about singing, is that this is what I talk about is mm-hmm. that uh, if you want to let hear a voice, you let them first. Uh, be free. You let the hair to be free completely, and then to arrive to to arrive to let the voice to be completely free, and that's um, and that's uh, a just uh, it, it's just a, a walking backwards because we born 
we are born with a perfect breathing method uh, mm-hmm. and then well, uh, a baby can cry all day and all night and never lose its voice and that's it because that's right. it's supported by a need mm-hmm. if they cry for something uh, i will uh, actually Uh, correct you because if they cry for something that they need the the voice will stay uh, and will never fail you mm-hmm. know you will hear it but if they cry for something that they want that, they, <laughs> that, that is not a real need yeah they will start you know crying and then they will start shutting shut up I, know, I don't know if that ever changes uh, as yeah. we grow up yeah no <laughs> I don't know about that but uh, I believe in the need that, and as a support of uh, the voice and uh, a good uh, really good uh, important value and adding value to the technical um, how do you aspect. bring that up when you're not uh, when you have tr- trouble in your in your personal life or you're having a bad day or you're sad or how do you how do you uh, call yeah, that I mean, how do you call that to the stage when it's time you have to convert uh, you convert that uh, those troubles in energy everything is energy around us is mm-hmm. a vibration everything uh, can be used can be transformed so whatever is negative just uh, we need to transform it for and use it for the moment mm-hmm. that anger that love just transform it in something you need it on stage and that's it it's going to be it's going to work Mm-hmm. the right way actually yesterday i came out with this idea that is beautiful and actually it was a revelation uh, for me too um i was talking about um, about music about how an artist is uh, naked on stage how 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 his figure uh, could be seen uh, and i said uh, and actually uh, i was thinking about suddenly i thought about a conductor i said oh how we call a conductor said so how more uh, what what would be the most perfect there's no no more perfect name than a conductor for a conductor mm-hmm. because actually we are conductors all artists on stage and most of all the conductor on the pit because we are able to you produce mean like channels and, and, and in this way i see mm. so the conductor mm-hmm. in this case is not the one who has the baton and is conducting the music is the one who's trying to canalize the energy from the stage to the public to the public so it's literally the cable that that will bring the energy through all the artists and uh, to the public that is listening so if something is not working in the orchestra the singer will will feel not at ease not comfortable mm-hmm. and actually will not be able to to produce that kind of energy mm-hmm. that magic because, because of this resistance there is a resistance mm-hmm. so whenever it is a resistance there is a heat that yeah. is produced right. and this heat dissipate energies even more mm-hmm. so it's waste. Uh, yeah. it's it's happening every in energy and uh you know even in batteries when we use a battery and we plug it to something that is drawing more amps and more power mm-hmm. the battery will will puff or we get heat uh and hot right away mm-hmm. so it's the same thing an artist can go is is uh, is breathing can go up and uh, he can lose his, the control if something is not going the right way if it doesn't feel at ease but mm-hmm. if it uh, I feel at ease and this is a this is the mastering of the conductor to understand uh, what is the right uh, fi- uh, in- to have uh, the intuition of uh, what an artist uh, that is trying to produce music through his vocal cords will have the next bar and the next bar and the next bar again mm-hmm. and trying to anticipate and sometimes in a, in a way follow like toscanini always life did and deliver magic be able to 
make something that is special because every night is different. Mm -hmm. So it can be every night, same tempo, same thing. Every night an artist has, as you said, many things. It can be a beautiful day, it can be a sad day, you know. So something could be um, interpreted in a different way and uh, mm -hmm. and um, actually that's the beauty of uh, repeating a score over and over. Because, that's right. It gives you the freedom to do that, yeah. Yeah, otherwise it would be it would be boring to go around the world and just sacrifice your life and not even now for a great amount of money because we know that opera is not uh, is not basketball and tennis right. or but the sacrifice is the same i mean you require to be inside the house don't go try to rest i mean mm -hmm. if you wanted to be able to deliver that kind of magic and uh, you know not using a mic it's also you need to use all your energy. But actually it's good because what I'm saying is that when you give your energy away in the right way, you don't consume yourself. Mm -hmm. You consume yourself, but in a good way that actually it keeps you alive mm -hmm. because as we said before, there is uh, the base of uh, a true real need that supports uh, this kind of Yeah, thing. do you get the same kind of uh, conductivity, I guess we can call it, uh, off stage? I notice uh, because I've talked to you backstage before. I've talked to you. I'm talking to you here, and it's. Um, I don't want to say it's a different person, no. But but you really do come come alive. Is it when you're off stage? Are you conserving your energy? Are you conserving your psychology? Are you conserving those things to to bring it to the stage? Or do you do you ever find the same passion, the same joy, off stage as you as I see you have on stage? Is that is that a, a problem? Is it something that you think about? No, no. The fact that you cannot uh, be joyful uh, 24 hours uh, mm -hmm. a day. And uh, of course, before the show, I am very concentrated and I'm trying to keep all my energy and to and focusing on what I want to bring on stage that mm -hmm. particular night. So mm -hmm. uh, when I'm on stage, uh, if I'm happy and I'm always happy, it's like, uh, it's like when you find me doing something I like, uh, building mm -hmm. a bike or... Uh, uh, going and uh, playing some uh, soccer or flying some airplanes or mm -hmm. writing some music or painting or doing some uh, sculpture sure, or just sure. spending time with the people I love, you know, it's like, um, or cooking, I love cooking. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, whatever it is, uh, it's personal and uh, it's fun and it's a release uh, mm -hmm. that stays in between. Uh, and actually it's so squeezed in between a calendar that it's a, uh, completely crazy because uh, opera and this world is planned and programmed uh, three, four, five years ahead. Uh, yeah, do you have so, trouble dealing with that uh, emotion, you know, psychologically? Um, is that difficult? My, now I no. am. Mm -hmm. It's 22 years now, mm -hmm. almost, that I'm thinking professionally because uh, I started, I was 17 uh, years and a half uh, in Vienna mm -hmm. with 18 shows of uh, Turco in Italia. Oh my God. And um, I had this picture of Beniamino Gilli in front of me mm -hmm. uh, that it was uh, hanging in this theater in Vienna. There was a smaller, a smaller theater, not the Vienna Staatsoper, it was the Camera Opera. Mm -hmm. It was doing 600 or 800 play, uh, seats. And uh, that was in the changing rooms. And uh, there was this uh, picture of Gilli. And I said, oh, every night when I saw it in the, him in the mirror, I was asking, please, Gilli, help me because 18 <laughs> shows of this. 
almost each night we one day i don't know if i'm gonna make it yeah make it alive out of this uh, this hell yeah I mean, like it looks like a dante divine comedy uh, sure uh have you gone round through, up so have you gone through periods where you just don't want to do it anymore is it uh no i didn't go out uh on i i never uh, thought that i was close uh, closing doors uh, in, in front of music but i yeah. always trying to um, to find a different um uh, way to communicate what i wanted to say to my public to my um, to the people that love my music and i tried to um in a certain period when i was uh 26 27 i tried to um put myself also in the condition and i uh, to be able to connect with my generation maybe more close uh, in the way that um that they were uh, thinking music. So mm-hmm. I, I came out with a crossover album called In the Ends of Love. Mm-hmm. It was very successful. I toured all over the world for one year and a half. And, uh, but not forgiving my background, not, um, not stepping, uh, not throwing uh, uh, on the trash what I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you'd built already, what yeah. What I built, mm-hmm. or, uh, mm-hmm. built uh, the, the past years. And of course, all the work I've done. So I, I always kept uh, a foot uh, on uh, on the operatic in the opera mm-hmm. field, and mm-hmm. uh, that actually was a smart thing because uh, if I uh, if I would embrace uh, if I would have embraced um, the pop mm-hmm. uh, concept mm-hmm. too much and not um, have a, a little escape door. Let's let's go to the back door into the opera world. Today's I would be um, out. Instead, I I was smart, and uh, after a while, I decided to go back to opera um, and continue following my dream. Uh, who who's been the person that's given you the best? Uh, uh, I I don't know how to say this. I guess the best advice you know uh, throughout your career. Have you? Have you stuck with somebody for a long time who gives you the, the this type of advice, or is it something that you just think of on your own and really examine for yourself? Ma, uh, I have to say, um, I have to say that um, I, um, I think my teacher was the one who started uh, also to um, to uh, put together my first repertoire. Mm-hmm. In opera, so he always had a very, a very um, important place. He had a very important place in my life, mm-hmm. since, uh, as it has it today. And also, um, it was very, very nice, uh, f- and he was very uh, straightforward, a f- dear friend that is like a family mm-hmm. for me. And is uh, Tony Rennes, that is a. Uh, the guy who wrote the beautiful song "Dimmi Quando Tu Verrai," tell me when you will be mine beautiful song mm-hmm. and he always said Vittorio you might uh, want to uh, first uh, put be the number one there and then move into other things you know try to make uh, to make a statement a strong statement and take a and then move mm-hmm. to do something else mm-hmm. so I think it was he was smart to say uh, this to me mm-hmm. and, uh, in a way that I really uh, thought that was uh, the right thing to do and do you follow your heart with the repertoire, you know, as far as uh, the Fach and, and where your voice is going, what you want to do versus what you feel you should do? 
I always feel uh, what I what I I always do what I want and what I feel is right. Mm-hmm. And since now I'm, I'm never wrong. Uh, at the beginning, I didn't know what to do because I was young and uh, mm-hmm. I didn't uh, know how to um, to uh, um, understand completely the needs of uh, my instrument. Mm-hmm. But now I think uh, I'm. Uh, you see I'm the dealing with the. You with see it. the road, yeah. Yeah. You see the road. I see, and this is very important because this is uh, the path that a young uh, singer should. That's uh, the moment when uh, a voice could be ruined or, yeah. uh, you know, could be last uh, forever. Yeah, I mean, before you take a contract, do you do you know the repertoire so well and immediately that you know if it's going to be good for you or not? Do you sing through it? Do you make what kind of decision is? Is that a no, difficult I, decision I, with I, your schedule? Usually. Usually now I know the operas that I want to sing. Sure. Uh, just uh, it's never something, unless it's something that has never been done before. Mm-hmm. Then I, I really um, listen some recording or if it's a new one, I ask. Uh, if it's never it happened to me to 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 do some new um, operas. Mm-hmm. For example, in two thousand and three, I did. Uh, a beautiful opera that um, I wish I could uh, have done more and uh, by Sergio Randine it was called Romanza and I think uh, it could have uh, been a great success also in the States what happened why is it not being performed I don't know I don't know actually that's a uh, that's crazy because it was incredible beautiful music actually I would suggest it now that <laughs> we're talking about it yeah, and, yeah yeah okay that could be something that you know Let's talk about this teacher that discouraged you when you were young. You uh, Well, first of all, before I get into that, I would imagine that you started singing with the Sistine Chapel Choir, yeah? Yeah. And no, Sorry, dis- discouraged uh, who? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought that you had a teacher that, that smacked you around. and. No, no, no. Actually, it was good. Oh, if okay. If it was not for that, uh, I mean... Uh, I would uh, because he was very tough in the in the teaching, but uh, oh, I misunderstood. Was, okay, yes, so it wasn't no, a negative no, uh, no, thing for you in the way that you very positive. Yes, I see. Okay, uh, did you when you started singing in the Sistine Chapel Choir? Did did the people around you immediately know that you had something extraordinary? Were you were you born with this? I guess my question is: Were you born with this extraordinary instrument? Yes, obviously. But did you take some long time to cultivate? the type of professional singing that you can accomplish now or is it something that's always been pretty easy for you I, uh, I mean the Sistine Chapel um, in, in what terms what, what you well what you... like for instance um, a lot of my a lot of my friends are teachers of course I went through music school and there are two I've always thought there are two schools of thought that that teachers believe that you can really cultivate a voice to go from nothing to really something. I tend to believe that you're born with an instrument that you can steer one way or the other, but you basically have to be born with something in your throat already. What was your experience with your instrument? Could you always sing? I could always sing. Yeah. 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 And did you know from a very young age that that's what you wanted to do? Or did you think about other things? No, no. I knew that that (laughs) one. Yeah. I wanted to be an opera singer. That's it. Okay. I was listening um, Pavarotti, uh, Del Monaco, Gigli, Corelli, Domingo, sure. Carreras, all Schipa, the tenors. Yes, yeah. but then when mm. the three tenors came out, me it too, was, me too, uh, it was yeah. incredible. I mean, yeah. like I was, Caracalla. Yeah, yeah, my father was all the time with this thing going on, and even though before, I mean, he yeah. loved Del Monaco so much, and uh, yeah, 
and uh, nothing i i was uh, completely in love uh, also with duchan i was singing all the arias when i was a little kid i had photos pictures that uh, you can see at three, four years old singing mamma quel vino generoso sure. so i mean sure. it's like i don't think it's uh, easy for uh, to see a kid that sings this kind of things so. yeah it happened to me later i was in my 20s but it was the three tenors i think for many people in the world that was a very big moment for opera and yeah, I think singing. they open a lot of connection. And yeah, the, the communication, you know, arrived, uh, spread it out at the right and, time. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that something you strive to do to get younger people coming? I think it's a good thing. I think uh, opera needs to uh, needs to be alive, and uh, we need to refresh, to mm -hmm. freshen up a little bit mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. the public, and uh, you know, involve younger generation and try to make it appealing. Mm -hmm. I know every time you're in town, you do master classes. It's something that you enjoy, yeah? Something you find yeah, important. I don't, I don't do much, but uh, when I do it, I always try to, yeah. to do it in a way that uh, people get really attached to what we're doing. Sure. And think that it's something that it's cool and young and, you know, sure. doesn't belong to a different, completely different era. I think you do a lot for that with your well, obviously with your voice and your performing and your enthusiasm uh, and your look, you know? I mean, it's uh, you're a big star. And I think lots of kids look up to that, yeah? But yeah, I think uh, it's not about the big star. They need to, I like the fact that they can see, people can see if you're a real star, not only on stage, but you can see it uh, sometimes like in, in a master class or doing gasoline or, you know, meeting a, meeting at the coffee and that's right you you realize you can see that is real that this can happen because otherwise you see it on tv on radio it's just an idealization Some, could yeah. be part of a yes. of a, of a dream world that will never happen but instead when you meet the celebrity like when was for me to meet uh, luciano or placido mm -hmm. after luciano i mean Every time I met a big, huge star like this, then you realize you you, you realize you touch it. It's there. It's real. So mm -hmm. from the three tenors become real, and then you say, "Oh, he's a human being." So maybe I have a chance to be me too, part of this this game. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's important to show that we are not only stars on paper, but uh, real human being. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And speaking about being a real human being, how do you deal with the constant travel? I mean, do you find yourself lonely? Do you have friends in every city? What do you What do you do just to be a normal person when you're not on stage? Uh, I mean, I, I see that you've got we've got your helicopter here on the table, yeah, and when arts, I saw you painting, mm -hmm. I paint. So I mean, you're okay being by yourself. Yeah, doing yeah your own I do thing. photography. I love photography, so I I can go out and just uh, sightseeing and take pictures, and I love colors. I love uh, writing. I yeah. I just enjoy life. Life is too—it's such a beautiful gift that uh, cannot be wasted. Victoria, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. And uh, I still don't get about the part about the genius, but maybe some some of the listeners could answer to that. Thank you. <laughs> thanks. Well, there you have it, folks. Vittorio Grigolo. Thank you, Vittorio, for being on my show. Um. Oh, uh, Vittorio is going to be performing at the Broad Stage in Santa Monica on Tuesday night, the 18th, 7.30, with orchestra conducted by Marco Boemi and with uh, soprano Carmen Giannatasio. It's going to be a great, 
show. I'm looking at the program right now. Tosca, Samson, Delilah, Verter, Carmen, Traviata, a couple of overtures from the orchestra, a nice set from uh, West Side Story, Bernstein. Anyway, that is Tuesday, April 18th at the Broad Stage. Try and pick up tickets if you're in town. I'd also like to thank the ladies at the Los Angeles Opera Company, in particular Fran Rizzi and Karen Bassler, um, for helping me put these things together. It's greatly appreciated, ladies. I love working with you, and I love working at the opera. Um, Greg Geiger for helping me with my theme song. As you noticed, I used a stripped-down version for this one because I thought the uh, interview was a little bit more elegant. You know, the, the, the other theme song I love, but it, it can be a little jocular. Anyway, I hope you like it. Thank you, Greg, for helping me. Go to laclassical.com, tell them I said hi. And lastly, I want to thank my listeners. I couldn't do it without you. Monday's my favorite day of the week. I love putting these uh, shows up for you. I hope you enjoy them. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Be safe out there. Above all, be kind. And until next time. <laughs>